0: Hello and welcome everyone for the first episode of the Culture Nerd Podcast After Dark series. This week we are going to be discussing the indie comic Tank McGregor, uh, the first volume and the Mechanical Menace, uh, written and drawn by Ray Garza, and we got Mark Bernal from Lesser Known Comics here as well to talk about the project. Um, This is 100% going to be our After Dark series, so there's going to be a lot of language, a lot of dirty talk. uh, So hide your kids, do not let them listen if you don't want them to have some aspect of their childhood ruined so <laughs> let's jump right into it all right here we are thanks for joining us guys good morning good morning, good morning. Good it's
1: after it's afternoon for me never mind it's good afternoon.
0: <laughs> it's 10 a.m for me though <laughs> uh-
2: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night, wherever you may happen to be in this wonderful wide world.
0: Uh, I was wondering when you were going to throw a Truman Show reference in these shows. <laughs> I will,
2: eventually, we have to get to it eventually. Uh, speaking of the Truman Show, which is all things high science fiction, uh, the Tank McGregor world felt so flushed out, even for this intro to it. I love the way that you set up the world. How long has Tank McGregor been rattling around in your brain?
1: Uh, I mean, it's been rattling around in my brain for about five years now. Um, the comic itself, I started it like four four years ago, four and a half years ago. Um, before that, it only lived as like doodles. And uh, you can see in the back of the book, um, I have like a little sketchbook of like how it started. And how it ended up um so there's a lot of like preliminary like this just science fiction sort of like bounty hunter guy and i go through different iterations so it really just lived as drawings and doodles and eventually i just decided to put a story to it so yeah it's been about four or five years
2: uh goggles version of him feels like the tintin version which would be great for 10 year olds this book <laughs> while nothing in the book is lascivious um it Talks about, you know, the future that is here to, here to come where, you know, relationships will be with organic things and inorganic things, uh, much like we all have relationships with our inorganic devices. Now, when, uh, through your doodlings, when did you get involved in thinking about like transhumanism stuff? Because it, it, it is talked about in the book in one way but you're dealing with it in lots of other aspects when did that start getting uh, when did that reference start coming over in the Take McGregor world
1: it's hard to say because i didn't write the book start to finish in uh in like a pre-production phase and then get to work on it it was sort of like i did 15 initial pages and the 15 pages were just dialogue mainly just like jokes and dad jokes and fart jokes and then, like, I started putting uh, an actual story to it once I was drawing it. Somewhere along the line, like, halfway through drawing the whole book, like, I'd say, like, page 50, it just sort of, like, clicked, like, oh, shit, like, the connection is obvious, and I, had, I didn't even know it yet, and it's got to be, uh, this person has to be this. And, like, the whole transhumanism thing just kind of, like, um, was born naturally, organically, through the storytelling. I had never had, like, a, an overall plan of like, and this is what's going to happen, you know? So it just happened very organically as I went along. Uh,
2: It's interesting that in your future world, just robots alone are sexy. Just the metal, because that was one of the things, that was a running joke that I thought was very funny, because if it doesn't look like a fleshy fleshy lady to me, well, I'm not going to judge that. It's a robot. Uh, But the moment people see the robot, they get so excited. Everyone's like, oh, that's a sex robot over there. What are the holes in the back of the robot? Are those for needs, or are those like (laughs) steam vents? Because as soon as I saw those, I was like, oh, okay, like the robot can work with any kind of alien.
1: Well, you know, there's a yeah, exactly, it, exactly. The robot can work with any kind of alien. Some people might not okay. want a some people might not want like a frontal entry. Sure, um, see, I, they're, that's what they're I do. I, I mean, they're like uh,
0: I thought it was a plug, so I was like, that's how they charge. But Michael saw it as well, a sex thing. So,
1: and if, and, well, like, if a kid technically asks it could me, be it, a plug. Yeah, if a kid <laughs> asks me, it's a plug. If you guys ask me, it's an orifice. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, it was sort of like the whole, like, oh, these things can probably be interchangeable. Like you can probably order a custom robot and have that whole be anywhere you want, you know?
2: Uh, in the comic book, they talk about sometimes robots become sentient and a real big problem that we then have to deal with as a society. Uh. Was the robot who's getting high on the streets with his, with his, with his street, with his shockers in his hand, is he a sentient big or a robot so stressed out in the future they as well need to medicate themselves to deal with reality?
1: Yeah, man, he's just addicted to Fisk. He's just, (laughs) I think he's, I think he's sentient. You know, it's one of those characters where like he's so like on the side that I didn't really like have a whole backstory for him. To me, he really is just like a a sort of like drug addict to sort of establish that there is this drug that is specific to robots and God knows what it could be, but you have to plug it onto yourself and it's very uh, uh, electrical and it just affects him like it does everyone else. But yeah, sure, man. Like I think uh, maybe that guy in the past was like some businessman and like the market crashed in this comment that he was working and it just like got to him. He lost his wife. He lost his kids. At one point he replaced his body and he sold little parts of him, like little by little just to pay for this drug addict, uh, a drug
2: addiction that he has. There, it's got a backstory. That's very similar. <laughs> that's, that's very close to Tom Cruise, a minority report, who was also a drug addict who lost his wife and kids. So that's usually what leads to those way. Um, I should
1: write an entire separate book on just that guy. <laughs>
2: Listen, that's a very that's a lot of world building for you to do, but oh boy, did he <laughs> like that like to see what his rock bottom was cuz like, oh boy, yeah, I was very intrigued by that. I was also very intrigued with who is Gorbus the conqueror. <laughs> is this like a thing that's known to everyone in the galaxy? Is everyone is this yeah. like a book that people read or is this like the guy who was doing who was running everything right up until all of this?
1: Gorbath the Conqueror is a sort of Sun Tzu of the galaxy, Um, and instead of the art of war, he has the science of war, and he was this uh, super uh, bloodthirsty, incredible warrior, you know, never lost a battle. He always thought that he was going to die in battle someday, but just through circumstance, he lived to a very old age lives to a very old age. He just never died. So he decided to start writing his memoirs and everything he knows. And those little excerpts you see in the beginning of the book, uh, beginning of every chapter, are just excerpts from his book, The Science of War, which may or may not exist.
2: Oh, real, real, again, wonderful things, all of those. I have to say that it is that the my wonderful host over here is you can't you can't bring up a movie to him. You have to caveat everything you say to him because he will give you every piece of information that he has received up until this moment. So you have to be like, I'm real excited for the Flash movie. Don't tell me anything, nothing at all. I don't want to know anything because he'll just tell you everything that he knows about it.
0: Yeah, it's a, a problem. <laughs> <laughs> Ever since we were kids. Um, one thing that I really liked, just I noticed just kind of in the first few pages, but you were describing like, Obviously you made a big jab at Star Trek right off the bat with the, this is the real space, not the final frontier nonsense. But um how everything had that like Futurama esque uh, this is this isn't the Pope, this is the space pope, this isn't the traffic, this is space traffic. Like um there was one reference in there that caught me off off that, bar, that, right off the bat. That, that, that jail worried. is
2: still called the slammer, even in space, they still have yeah. metal bars that would slam.
0: Let me see if I can find it. There was one reference you, you called space something, and I'm like why is that? Why is it called that? Like, there's uh, like, I want to know what the distinction was, but I forgot it, and we can just keep going. But I love how you it's, just kept doing it. That. Is, that like,
1: is it like space minute or hold on one space year or something like that? Space?
0: space no, those, those you can rationalize those with science. I didn't, I didn't question that one as much. Um, <laughs> what was the space chicken i don't <laughs> i don't remember now i feel like i wrote myself into a corner there was something like that was like, what's everything? the difference between this and that like
2: no no it's um, a branding thing i like that your universe you know we like to think of you know we want the universe to be like star trek but if it just keeps going the way that it's going now you you should have space homeless people you should have people in just <laughs> tents in the middle of space floating around you know it's no different than the you know what our society is now in, in
1: 10 McGregor life, volume. volume two, I do have people waiting at like space bus station, bus stops, just like a bench floating in the middle of nowhere. just like waiting.
2: Yeah, you gotta <laughs> so, wait. <laughs> now, uh, Mark, how did you become familiar with Ray's work? Did you know about the comic online? When did you guys get in touch? Uh, I,
3: So Ray, uh, so Ray actually tried reaching out to us a couple times and, you know, our inbox and our, you know, dm and everything on on social media is always like packed with a bunch of stuff so um which is like a bummer because um when i found out that like ray had been trying to get a hold of us for a little bit like and i was like man like i you know like because the second i saw it i was like whoa dude i have to know more about this book it's amazing and and whatever and and, um ray is a really unique one because any any time a creator reaches out to us it'll range from like I've had people be like, "Hey, I have an idea for a character. I want to sell you guys," and it's like, I, I don't even have time to like put out all the characters that we have, like let alone, you know, like entertain me you or know, something like that. Or people who have a book but it's not really fleshed out. When I say like, you know, hey, give a page or something you can show me, and then Ray's like, "Oh, I have a graphic novel, It's done." And then also like, it's his first graphic novel. Like, you see the quality of like people when they're like. I didn't even start out with a graphic. I started with like five page, six page, seven page mini comics, because that's a huge undertaking. So it was just like, I was just like, I can't believe how lucky I am that someone's like, here's a book. It's amazing. It's already printed. Like I've already gotten like a head start. And, you know, we had like a conversation where I was just like, this is, you've done so much of the work on your own. Right. And, um, you know, so what is that relationship going to be? Cause we're typically working stuff from development, you know, and that was like, you know, we're a new company. So like, we're going to do a lot of learning together, you know, but I do think we can help like provide a megaphone, you know, for the work that you've already done and then also help support, you know, the next uh, iterations, you know, the next tank McGregor books and things like that. But um, it's the dream type of project you want to get where where someone's like has all their shit together. They already out there like going to you know local comic book stores, and um, in addition to being like a super talented you know illustrator and writer, which that's also unique too. Like the writing of this book, like besides the art just being like you know insanely professional, you know like. you know, I'm reading it and I'm just like, this writing's like really, really fucking good. Um, you know, uh, Charlie Ragnarok's another, you know, unique one too, where, where her illustrations and her writing are just like, you're just dying of laughing and like admiring, you know, the art at the same time. So, uh, you know, I think, you uh, uh, I, I was just kind of like blown away by that. And then he's like, oh, I also have film background and things like that. So he started making like the promo videos and things like that. And then just wonderful in terms of how Ray works with the rest of the team, because, um, you know, uh, if there's something he can do, you know, to, to help, you know, somebody to the left and right in him, you know, he's, he's all game for it, which is hugely, hugely important for like lesser known comics. You know, I've, I've said this like a million times in a bunch of podcasts, is we're not interested in like, no matter how good you are, if you're a prima donna and like, you're just like here to push your book and nobody else's, and you're not helping people to left and right of you. Like there's just not going to be a good fit for you because you know, everything we do, we kind of try and take a communal approach to it. You know, that whole, you know, uh, rising tide lifts all boats type of thing. Um, so I've, I've felt incredibly lucky, you know, to to add him into the team.
2: Uh, chasing your dreams is a lot like a game of shoots and ladders. And I'm so happy to hear that Ray, you are so far along and I'm happy to know that you were able to, you were already making your way there. I'm happy that you were able to push this forward a little bit with each other. And I'm glad that you're plugged into that system as well.
1: Well, yeah. Uh, like Mark had mentioned that it was like a dream for him and it was for me as well, because from my point of view, it was like, I have this thing, but, Every time I try to post something or try to get it out there, I'm getting like one or two views on everything. Like no one's seeing it, you know, and like so I have this thing. And I don't know what to do with it. So I just started like putting it out in comic book stores. And again, like my my friends and colleagues at work would like go buy it. But it's like, yeah, awesome. Thank you. But like I told you about it. Like it's it's not the same. I want people to start finding it normally. And uh, when I met Mark, one of his main things was just say him saying like, like hey, we're going to give you a bigger megaphone. And that's what sold me on everything. I'm like, that's exactly what I want. I just want to be able to, like, get it out right. there. Right. And 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 uh, it's happening. I mean, like, every time I uh, I post something, I mean, I've been getting, like, a, a steady stream of, like, more followers, which is, like, not a huge thing. But, like, you know, finally people are, like, seeing what I'm putting out and they're, like, liking it and, like, uh, 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 responding to it, which is exactly what I want. I just wanted to be part of the community.
2: Uh, does take mcgregor's hat does his goggles have any sci-fi things does he like does it like zoom in on people does it have anything like that or is it just a normal glass visor
1: it's just a normal glass visor he needs it to see that's all okay. i'll say it's more okay. revealed in it's revealed in book three why he needs it to see but he needs it to see so that's why he doesn't take it off not even in the shower
2: okay great okay good to know i noticed that terrible under there <laughs>
1: yeah, it smells terrible <laughs> And it probably even looks like a Game Boy, uh, uh, original Game Boy, just a green, very bad.
2: <laughs> yeah, he's a, a as a character, you know. He he's he has all the confidence, confidence and bravado of your of that main character. But boy, is he a hot mess! Boy, is he a hot mess! Uh, he's, he, 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 he's, uh, from my interpretation of the comic book from his bathtub scene, I thought he was having sex with that floating orb robot. And I was like, why did they break up? Like, do they still, does he get drunk and still hook up with that robot sometimes? So I didn't know. Yeah. There we go. I mean, look at that. I was like, that's hilarious. It's, it's That whole scene name was so Jensen. weird. <laughs> Jensen. Jensen.
0: Yeah. I was laughing pretty hard reading this one. Um Just cause it like. His little floating orb thing comes out like, "Hey, why don't I, why don't you say I'm pretty anymore?" Kind of a thing. Like, he's like, "Take the wig off. What are you doing?" Like, that was such a weird, um, weird sequence. Um, because, like Michael was saying. Um, Well, Michael, you you go into what you were thinking because I think that whole tangent was pretty funny.
2: Well, I I originally thought, you know, one of the things that that came up was that, you know, when people see the other sex robot, they just know it as a sex robot and they are attracted to it. So I thought we were so far in the future that people are attracted to certain robots. And this fleshlight-looking robot, I was like, yeah, that's what it did. And then maybe he, like, talked to it more and he, like, put a day planner and he upgraded it. So I didn't know specifically... When this relationship was, but I like the idea that the robots have agencies over themselves. And, like, yeah, the robot wants to wear some wigs sometime. Like, robots don't have a gender in them. That was also something that I found very interesting as well that it was a sex robot, but there's no gender to the robot necessarily, right? The robot's just a robot. So, uh, I, uh, wh- wh- when did you think? Did, has he had sex with that robot?
1: <laughs> I mean, what happens behind the scenes is up to them. Uh, sure, sure, sure. <laughs> no, 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 but, but, no, 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 but like uh, honestly, like honestly, goodness, and I'm kind of disappointed in myself that it happened this way. But like, uh, it's gonna sound like I'm very innocent. It was never meant to be that way. Like, I drew what I thought was a, a an interesting, cool design for like a floating orb because Jensen went through. Originally, Jensen was the ship. Like the ship was gonna be talking to him, and like whenever they went on adventures it's going to be him walking in the giant ship just kind of like following him. (laughs) That's a great idea. Yeah, it was a great idea. But then like, I thought it was a kind of unwieldy to like keep drawing. And at the same time, I feel like Futurama had done something like that. Um, So I decided not to. So then Jessica became... but, yeah, yeah vendor,
0: the, uh, uploaded the AI into the ship and it fell in love with him so it was following him around yeah yeah
1: yeah exactly so I thought of that I'm like I can't do that uh and then Jensen was going to be like this uh hexagonal thing and I'm like wow I suck at drawing hexagons and then it was going to be a triangle and then it ended up being just like an orb and then the circle in the middle was just uh basically to me it was just an eyeball and it wasn't until literally years later mini Mark and Mark mentioned in some podcasts like off the cuff it's like I mean come on his Companions like a, has like a sex hole in it, and I'm like, oh my god, you're right. I, you know, I, I without thinking made a fleshlight, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but it yeah, was never um, meant to be that
0: way. There was a, a reference in as a show called um, uh, Mythic Quest on Apple TV, where they it's all about video games and devs and stuff, and they say if you give kids a shovel and a, a digging tool, they'll draw dicks with it, and. It's the same idea, like, you you give a hole, they'll fuck the hole. Like, that's yeah. kind of, like... <laughs> uh,
2: and that's, I, also, I also like yeah. the character want of wanting a body, but we are trapped by that barrier of entry. Of Like, listen, I've got enough money. This is all you get right now. So I do like that we will see... Uh, I don't know what's in store for Jensen, but I would love to see Jensen with, like, just two legs you know what i mean like oh I, got, I can afford legs now but yeah nothing yet there like just a stick yeah, figure yeah. body like this is all yes. we get yo a stick yo jensen with a stick figure body would be great <laughs> And well it did also
1: go into that whole like thematically like he wants a body he wants a sexy body right or made probably a sexy body most probably probably and here they're hunting down like a sexy robot so it's like hey you know like that guy had a body you know maybe i should get a body or uh, when you were fighting, you were struggling. If I had a body, you know, I could have helped you, you know? So it's like, it's not expressively written down, but it, there is in my head, a little bit of a, uh jealousy from Jensen
0: mm-hmm.
1: with this like sexy robot. Like, why does she get a body? Look at her. She's awesome. You know, and like, here I am in this floating, uh, nondescript ball,
2: you know? Yeah. Uh. It, it and 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 you know Star Wars how ha- now has all the wonderful orb robots so I can see I I can see that it looks I can see that it just looks like a eyeball, eyeball robot now but from my vantage point I was like oh yeah that guy has a floating flashlight with him all the time <laughs> uh, I also love that it's so funny when things click and you see your evolutions of your drawings and that when. We see him in his final form. Yeah, that's him. That's what he looks like. You know what I mean? That is the, uh, you have captured something in that silhouette and there is something about that. Um, he oh, your courtesy Yeah, just that oh, final okay. design that you went on. It It, mm. it, it, it does click. I, I enjoy all of those things. And I also all like right, to know you. that, you know, he is the... Uh, 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 The not a bum, but like the bare minimum of entry to being what he does, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's like a
1: bum with an address, really. Like, yeah, Yeah.
2: (laughs) he's got Um, a very nice RV, kind of, it's very small. Well, you were speaking to um,
1: him being this like super overly confident guy, but really, he's a mess. And yeah, I mean, like, are we all right? Like, it's what the way we'd like, we would like to all present ourselves as this, like, I know what I'm doing. And there's no doubt in my mind. And I'm a badass and this and that around everybody. And when he's alone he's like in his pjs he's in a tub without water you know he's just drinking he know what he's, he's doing carrying
2: himself. a stuffed animal with him he still has a stuffed animal that's a huge a huge tell of like oh my goodness he's like a little baby boy right exactly
1: and just around jensen you know he's the only one he trusts to be completely himself around you everybody else he's got to have that sort of like a uh, blind bravado uh
2: not where do these characters go because I, you, they can go anywhere. The that that aspect of it is what other parts of the universe are you excited to explore more? Um, there's those trans, there's the transhumanism stuff of what is people, what is consciousness, what are these things. Uh, what other places are you excited to take these characters to?
1: Uh, I am excited to take them to, well. I'm currently, uh, I would say a little more than halfway through volume two, which I haven't revealed or shown anything because it's still like in this drafting phase, but uh, in that one, they're basically exploring, we're exploring the other religions in this universe. You know, I've, I think I had my fill of like transhumanism and like robots and like uh, what it is to be conscious and all that stuff. And there's still some form of that, but uh, I want to explore more like religions and how religions come to be. Mm. when I reflected a little bit with our societies and like sure right now Catholicism and all these are just like staples and everybody just accepts them as what they are Well, like why did it start like maybe in this universe some major religion that is everywhere started because some guy needed a tax break on something or he needed a he made up a lie to his wife that's why he was missing that night you know and that's just started some sort of religion like his story it's like a lie not, not saying religion is a lie, or I'm not going to get into that, uh, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like if a lie grew far beyond the control of a person mm. to where it becomes this religion and he just can't back out of it, you know, like that kind of stuff really interests me. And I touch on some of that in the next book, but it's mainly just like the religions. And uh, one of my biggest uh, inspirations is Dune, and I love Dune, uh, uh, and that one has to do a lot with like people's religions and beliefs and all that. So I wanted to get more into that, but it still maintains the same quirkiness and i still take the piss out of everything and it doesn't take itself super seriously but it has to do with these like high concept sci-fi like religion versus technology what's it all about you know
2: it's so funny that you mentioned dune uh something that mark had said earlier your film making mind shows in some of those exterior shots you know showing space traffic we're not looking at it from a side where you're, they, they are cinematic angles to that. Um, and some of your, it's so funny. Some of your scenes, like the campfire scene um, with the three robots, there's something about like a David, like a David Lynch scene or something like that. <laughs> it, there's a dreamlike quality to it. There's uh, there's shadows flickering in the fire you know, uh, it, 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 I wonder I wonder if that's the connection to Dune or maybe just some of this stuff. Um, I am also a big Dune guy, so I'm uh, happy to know that that influences you as well. Dune is thousands of years, though, but I mean, that has that integration of human technologies. Will you have any, you know, in, in Dune, they had the great... Uh, war and they killed off all robots and the AI, but there's still kind of pockets of it here and there, and sometimes they need to have it. The Butlerian
1: Jihad, yes, yeah
2: yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And you also have, but they still make some things, like right, Paul gets something from them at one point. Um, do you have any characters coming up that will be superhuman in that ability, like a robot, but are still considered human? um no I actually hadn't really thought of that
1: yet to be honest um there you don't have is- a Gur-
2: you don't have a gurney character that's like a human computer its eyes go yeah, back yeah. in its head
1: <laughs> uh that's actually uh the that's not gurney
2: that's the other one that's the mentat um ah, what's his name not duncan I, I li- thought it was I thought it was gurney no Gurney's no gurney right. was Gur- the uh
0: the, guy the combat guy
2: yeah.
1: Gurney's the combat guy and the mentat is Oh, man, I can't correct you if I can't say the it's real a, one. Sorry. It's okay.
2: It's okay. No, no. I I, appreciate being corrected. If the guy who has to...
1: I got some cred by mentioning the Butler and Jihad, and I just lost it by not remembering <laughs> the guys' name. Um,
0: I'll find it. There's so... Said,
2: uh, listen, Dune is another language. Don't worry about it.
1: Yeah, I know, right? No, but like, no, I had a thought of that. I mean, like, my inspirations of Dune are like the whole religion thing and like the far, far along into the future thing. But uh, no, I didn't have any character like that thought of I've been sort of toying with the idea of like maybe like tank should have a rival bounty hunter not someone who like wants to kill money it's just like his rival they're always like losing jobs out to the other person and I think he should be called Cosmo Rodriguez and that's what I have
2: (laughs) Cosmo Rodriguez is a great name thank you that's Uh, all I have for that (laughs) if I'm if, if we're if we're pitching ideas what comes to mind for me is a robot horse and he rides the horse but then like the horse's legs fold over like this and it's a rocket horse and he's like sorry you're in second place again tank yeehaw and then it just moves up <laughs> this way speaking of riding horses oh, yeah.
3: i just realized what is, what's riding your unicorn in your in your shirt michael that's a sloth. So you got a sloth. see i got the grim reaper yeah. riding a unicorn yeah. <laughs> really, like i don't know
2: what maybe
3: oh we wow can i don't know a <laughs>
2: Yeah. yeah, well, these are mythical creatures, these don't exist. That's the difference, you know what I mean. I've just got exist. Master Roshi's house, on yeah, mine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not
0: I'm Not fancy,
2: funny. uh, Ray. Your shirt is very Dragon Ball Z, all those characters have numbers and sags on it. You are also wearing a Dragon Ball Z shirt, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, funny story. This is just my family's shirt. Um, uh, in my uh, mom's side of the family, there are so many like my, my grandparents had 12 kids. Um, and each one of them had like four kids. So we have so many cousins that we just started just numbering ourselves. This is the number that I, this is my number. This is the number that I came out. I was the eighth cousin. Wow. And it goes all the way to like 30 something. So this is my, uh, like, if you see that? I came like, back to
2: my, that's, sorry. yeah, this is my, yeah. that's, so rad. that's actually pretty great. I'm going to let you know that. That is a that is a family assassin story if I've ever heard it. People got to get their way through the ranks. How does the thirty seventh cousin become the top cousin? He's got to
0: uh, take them blood. all out.
1: <laughs> yeah, man. If we were in an ancient Rome, it would have been a bloodbath.
0: Yep. No, uh, Michael's met my family. My mom was one of eight, and of the eight kids, I am the oldest of like thirty five grandkids. So I'm number one, but the youngest nice. one's got to watch out. <laughs> <So>. <laughs>
2: Did you cousin have a ton prime of her... now you're yep. the eighth cousin do you have a bunch of brothers and sisters then as well
1: i have an older sister and a younger brother okay she's a uh, uh doctor and he's a lawyer and i'm here in the middle like oh i'm making comics <laughs> <laughs> you so... are the
2: you are the art sandwich on uh, or i should say the delicious oreo filling of their very uh, straight-laced lives
1: yeah i should start saying it
2: that way you're right yeah <laughs> you're the cream filling you're the best part in fact you're double stuffed because you have lots of ideas um <laughs> have they read your work do they know about tank mcgregor
1: yes they know about Tank mcgregor they've read my work my brother reads it almost immediately my sister well, she uh she's a doctor she's got kids you know so it takes her a little longer she has to read it in, in like like in several nights um but uh but yeah they lo- like uh it's funny because my sister has kids And they read the book before she did. And they're like seven and five and three. and Yeah, I know. Right. And like my sister's like, oh yeah, totally give it to them. And I'm like, are you sure? Like, have you read it? like, no, they love that kind of stuff. I'm like, all right, cool. And they all like saw it. And then like a month later, my sister finally read it. And she's like, hey, this is not for kids.
2: Your your art style is uh, wonderfully appealing. And there is that fun. Adult Swim, you know, Adult Swim originally was taking all those Hanna Barbera cartoons and reusing the animation, you yeah. know, a space ghost, a ghost coast to coast. You know what I mean? It was using Barbie all Bartman, of it. Yeah. Right. But there was a template there, your art style to the things that you had mentioned. It's very inviting. But then when you read it, I mean, I told Taylor, I was like, we got to, we have to talk about sex robots. Like that's not a thing that you can talk about with the general audience. It's a very specific thing.
0: Yeah. It caught yeah. me off guard because I was reading it and I'm like, cool, cool, cool. And then like they get to the part where they're talking to the hologram, the AI interface, and it's like, okay, 50s robot. Cool, cool, cool. Okay, now she's in an SM out- SNM outfit. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Um, now it's getting weird. And then like and then like another few pages later, I'm like, Oh, there's some penises. That's yeah. some, that's surprising. And I was just like, What is happening in this book? <laughs>
1: there's a lot of penis in this book. There's even more in book to- two. I gotta calm yeah, but, down.
2: You no, know, but you know what? It did not uh, you're, 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 we're dealing with forms, you know what I mean? And we have robot forms and human forms. That is what these forms look like in what they look like in a production model. So I didn't, I don't know, nothing was too gratuitous to me. I didn't feel like it. Everything felt like it was in the world. And also it's a dirty world. I mean, it's a, it's a lascivious place space. You know what I mean? Everyone's trying yeah. to get with this sex robot. The moment we go to a big city, we have to see all the lights and the bars and whatever whatever like street robots there are that are a little bit yeah. janky and stuff like that.
1: That first space station is basically just one giant red light district. I mean, right. uh, I if you look closely into the detail of like the signs, it's all just like girls, 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 and like this and that. Well, it's actually like girls, zirls, and gore, or something like that, like I wrote... Because they're not all girls, they so could do whatever you want. But, uh, Thufir Hawa, thank you. Who wrote See, that? You, was that you?
2: That's <laughs> a crazy you. name. That's not a thing you just remembered. <laughs> the main guy's name is Paul. That's very easy to remember.
1: Yeah, yeah, Paul and then Thufir. Anyway, that was killing me. I was going to tell you, keep looking good. I don't know. Anyway, but, uh, but yeah, um, I needed
0: yeah, like, to naturally segue it in, but I couldn't find a spot. So I'm like, I'll just throw it in the chat. And then, and then it happened the way it was. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Well, I ruined the natural segue because I just shattered it in the middle of my other
0: thought. <laughs> but, you are talking uh, about the red light district and then the other species. Yeah, and-
1: yeah, And, I was, and you are saying like it's a very, uh, it's a dirty universe. Yeah, I think the places we visit in this comic are the dirty sites. I mean, who's to say there isn't a planet that's just all like um, home on the prairie, you know, kind of thing. Right it's it's open to everything that's the beauty of sci-fi and like these kind of like universes like you know, people have pit, friends have pitched me like oh you should make a planet that's all like noir and like every whenever you go on the planet everything's black and white you know and like oh that's a cool idea you know write it down steal it for myself it's not my idea
0: so yeah, the atmosphere filters out the sun, so everything comes black it's, and white. Was, like, you can rationalize yeah, it any way you want, and it's I just, was just
2: about to say it's the easiest rationalization. No, we have a weird sun, it's a dwarf star, but we still have enough light, it just looks like this lights a cigarette and blows it out. You know what I mean?
0: The cigarette comes a, in red, and he's like, ooh, that's a cool effect. Like,
2: I had an idea,
1: I don't know how to rationalize this, but like, I had an idea for a planet that is just planet depression, and like, everything. It's just everything depressing happens on this. So like, you'll be walking around and you'll like look over and you'll see like uh, a Treyu pulling tracks out of the mud and like, oh, don't,
2: don't die text and just like, oh shit, let's get out of here. You know?
0: <laughs> oh, that, I could figure some fun ways to rationalize that. Yeah, there's like,
2: there's a there's a weird, it's like a mushroom planet. There's like a weird chemical in the air, and when you breathe it in, it's not dangerous, but you're going to see horrifically sad things with whatever resonates to you. <laughs> and you look over, and you just see one guy just seeing Old Yeller being blown away, just being like, we got to leave this place. I <laughs> also- I more like,
0: it's a weird nexus in the universe where, like, all the negative thoughts of the universe get gathered in one spot because of the way it's aligned with the universe. So when you walk there, you just see all the sad shit from everyone's inner monologues. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> He's, He's walking like, oh, go. no.
3: That's where the prison's
2: got to be, right? You know, set, yeah, set put the prison together. in the prison. Yeah, yeah, the prison's pers- got to be a prison <laughs> planet. Yeah, yeah. What I, would a prison do? Here's your cancer. I was about to say, you know, there is a, 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 just because of the grizzled chin, there is a sort of Judge Dredd quality to Tank McGregor's helmet. If I would love to see Tank McGregor on a prison planet where he's got to escape the prison, it wouldn't be an action movie. It would just be him using all of his smarts and bravado to try to get out of there. You know what I mean? But I mean, That's one thing
0: that I I love about the character is that his smarts and bravado is like, it's all fake. And I loved that so much in that whole sequence where he's like, um his inner monologue he was echoing his inner monologue like nailed it ha ha nailed like that was one of my favorite frames <laughs> especially when he's like act like you're confident but you don't know what you're doing like i was yeah. like yes i love this so much that yeah, was such yeah. a it's cool like, sequence it's like the whole uh
1: yeah. i think one, one of the lines is like i want to remember my training especially a part where i never had any yeah <laughs> yeah yeah
3: Yeah, i that really it's a
0: great he, sequence
3: i really pre- so you know You know, I I, I do a ton of writing myself, and and I haven't done any, you know, sci-fi stuff. Um, And anytime, you know, we bring somebody on who writes in a way that I, like, really admire, but it's completely different than the way I write, like, it is so healthy to the creative process, like, across the team, because, like, um, you know there's so many things that like Ray leans into, like the dad jokes, um, the idea that uh, tank lights his cigarette by like shooting a gun, which is like just ridiculous. super ridiculous, right?
2: Crazy, okay. crazy yeah. doubt.
3: <laughs> and then you, you you realize, especially when you're world building, right? Cause um, most of the, the limitations, especially in comic books, are, they're self-imposed. You know, you 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 haven't really decided maybe what the rules of the storytelling are and things like that. And it's so liberating to be like, Oh, you can get away with just doing that. Right. And um, so, you know, after reading the book, like the amount of, you know, ideas that come in and then you start looking at the scripts that you have in the works and you're just like, oh, man, like, you, you know, it just opens up so many possibilities. So it's it's been really exciting because, um, you know, I talked to Ray and he was just like, uh, he'd say on some, some of the parts, oh, I put something in there is almost like a placeholder. You know, like I put dialogue in there, like the the line, I love the show me your blam blam face, oh. you know, like, and and then he's like, and then he just it just started to grow on him. And he's like, "Oh, I'm keeping it. And, and I was just like, that's, that's a fantastic, like strategy just for writing. It's like, put it there and let it kind of sit for a second. And then maybe maybe you'll end up loving it
2: show me your blame um, blame place is something i want on a t-shirt it's very good it's a catchphrase if i've ever heard it if we're talking like, about you the have Fox that with kids, him
0: like with a cigarette like
2: yeah uh, yeah if we're talking about like the promo to make me want to watch that it's show me your blame blame place oh yeah yeah for sure
1: um, yeah it going Are back you? to the whole writing uh i was telling i mean uh i want to just throw props because like i admire the way mark does things because like you look at mark's books every book is like a completely different, they all have the underlying, the same character going through all of them, Danny, but like they all are a completely different genre and completely different like things happening. And I can't, I find it very hard for myself to get out of like a science fiction space or even get out of a comedy space, right? If I'm starting, if I want to write something that's more serious and more like, all right, this can be my Academy Award winning piece. I always end up like defaulting back to like m- making a joke out of it. And I, I, sometimes it works, but sometimes I don't like doing that. And Mark's style is like, he seems to be able to like go back and forth between whatever he wants very naturally.
2: Mm. I'm glad to know that you both inspire each other in a way for the other person to uh, think differently. It is so frustrating when we get stuck in our creative boxes and you're like, I don't, there's no way out of here. And someone is like, Oh, it's really easy. And you're like, Oh, there is a way out of here. Like, yeah, I, uh, I appreciate that. That's a, i'm glad you know that you're both building off of each other uh are there any talks of all of these characters doing coming together in one special edition in a in a in the 100th episode of the 25th anniversary in the in the one-year anniversary is there any way for these characters to all interact with each other on some sort of adventure
3: you know the 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 first place i think we we're talking about um you know crossing you know um So how Lesser Known Comics is set up, we have a lesser known universe, right? So that's the stuff that mostly like, you know, I'm doing the writing for, or um, uh, we have people that come in and and write with the characters and the canon, you know, uh, within it. The the Lesser Known Universe was always intended to be like a sandbox for um, people to... um, We had a lot of folks that never made a comic book before. They're really talented illustrators, and they were just like, something's really easy for them to be like, Oh, it's so much easier for me to work on somebody else's characters and illustrate that than try and come up with story and illustration at the same time. Um, so I tell them a little bit about the universe and then we pick like a little plot of land. They can just kind of, you know, uh, go, go from there. Um, and the idea that in maybe a book where they're, you know, in, in, in the lesser known universe that we're writing, um, you know, they walk by a movie theater and there's like a movie poster for tank McGregor eight you know or something like that you know something completely like over the top um, or if you know just in someone's bookshelf there's like a Gorbus the Conqueror you know uh, you know collected works or something like that um, but yeah I would I would I would absolutely love that you know to, to even um, you know uh, figure out a way where we can have, you know, just the one shot or something like that, where we can put, you know, characters into, we also have a, what is it, World Eater, um, which is also an intergalactic story. Um, So, you know, maybe uh, having the folks from there somehow be existing, you know, in a, you know, like, you know, maybe Gorbis the Conqueror, like studied you know, the events of there and talked about, you know, the, the, con- you know, the strategy, the military strategy that's happening there. That That's all fun stuff to me. And there's, I don't think there's any was, limitations uh, to that.
0: I was actually immediately thinking of something like Gorbus the Conqueror making an offhand reference to this mythical pineapple peat monster. And just like have that, <laughs> like of a reference is like off to the side, like this guy bends realities. He's a dick. Like, just like something like that. <clears throat> and then tie it right into digital lizard of doom. Cause pineapple Pete's like this world. Creating monster thing. so Yeah, I, I would say
1: more like Gorbus the Conqueror roomed with
0: him in college with pineapple. Pink. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> he was a former roommate. I hated him. He left his uh, shit gosh. everywhere.
2: Gorbus the Conqueror. Late at
1: night. I hate him.
2: Gorbus also looks like Conan the Barbarian, but like green, correct? He's like a big dude.
1: <laughs> he is a big dude. He is a Conan ish type. I hadn't decided in the color yet. I feel like I naturally default to like, oh, he's green, you know, and i try to want to get away from that. How many more colors do you have in like a science fiction?
0: You make him like hot um, pink, something weird, something that makes it so he had to toughen himself up. Yeah. I'm tough because I'm pink. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly.
0: (laughs) Um, One thing that I wanted to bring up that I absolutely loved was in the first chapter, um, Tank has his like, his, he hunts down that, um, what was his name? Uh, nebular like and he makes a reference that he's he's got he's hunted down like five others before or something and he's like i got the right one this time i'm like okay okay cool cool so i see what you're doing um but then his like weirdly specific moral code where like the cop is like you turn in the drug dealer do you want to turn in the murderer at the same time he's like no you're only paying me for one and i was like what is happening <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, he's very much. And uh, you mentioned Judge Dredd. I, he was 100% inspired by Judge Dredd, and Judge Dredd is all about the law. You know, not like, specifically, I would do be this because I'm referencing the Stallone one. Um, but uh, he is all about the law. So I thought, okay, so Tangleberry has to be all about the contract. And it fits with his arc at the end of the book, obviously. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, he's all about the contract. And to establish that, it's like, how can I say that it's The most important thing in the world, well, the initial contract was just for this guy as this, not as this other thing. So he's just going to bring him in for this and he's not going to try to like get some extra bucks or whatever, even though he's broke, because that's his ethics. You know, above all, he believes in the contract and the rule of space law.
0: Yeah, like I Um, I found that kind of just like exactly like you said, like in the next page, he's talking about how broke he is. And I'm like, well, they were offering him like 100K for catching the drug dealer. But the bounty for the murderer was like 500K, but he turned it down because that wasn't the contract he took. And I'm like, that's such a weirdly specific moral code for a character like this who's super broke and complaining <laughs> about how broke he is. You he's would, not you a would Karen. That...
2: He's not a Karen. He's not here to re- – he's not going to ask for the manager. He's going to do right. his job, and then he's going to go on with his day. He's a good I guy. Did, I
0: really like that. Um, I thought that was yeah. kind of cool, and you can have a lot of fun with that. Well, it's like, one of those things. Comes like, like, uh,
1: yeah, what?
3: I was uh, saying he comes and, in a room
0: and he's hunting down like twelve people. We just did it again. Um, what if like one of those five random goons that the guy was throwing at him was another bounty, but he's not going to collect it because it was just a collateral damage, kind of a thing. He's like, okay, well, that sucks that I missed out on that one, but right, that's just right, it's exactly. such a weird code for the character.
1: And it's like, uh, I don't know if you guys ever like feel super guilty about things like and like that guilt follows you through like for days and days, like some people like my wife, like something will happen and she's like, I'll oh, feel bad about it and then like get over it. But me, it, like if I did something wrong or if I like screwed someone over or if I had a sense that I like made someone upset at me, it'll last for like a month, you know? So I, I have that sort of like, I'm very careful not to like upset the status quo. I'm very careful not to like do anything illegal and things like that, you know? So like a little bit of that, I guess bleeds through that, you know? He's like very straight laced in that sense. I can't wait
3: to see uh, excerpts from space law, you know, because I imagine space law is just like our law where it's like, you know, like horses must wear diapers, you know, like in, in, you know, Manhattan or whatever. Like what are the arcane, like old antiquated space laws that are still out there, you know, especially for oh, somebody who right? lives like by the law.
0: Like you can't hold uh, hands with your robot companion during the hours of five and seven, like something yeah. like that. Like what is this? Why was this a rule? What happened? What happened to make this law? Like, like, homeless people can claim imminent
1: domain on I'm an asteroid if it hasn't been lived in for more than whatever, you know, like things like
2: that. They're a sovereign yeah. country now. You got to respect their rights. Right, exactly.
0: <laughs> um, one thing that, like Michael said earlier with the campfire scene, that was 100% like a David Lynchian kind of a sequence. Um, I loved how it's set up and they're just kind of like reminiscing and you're like, okay, cool, cool. They're just talking about somewhat becoming self aware. And then here comes a sex bot and they're like, oh, cool, another friend, yay. And then like immediately turns like, now we're going to eat you. And I was like, oh, my God, what is happening? <laughs> like, Well, it what? just made sense,
1: right? I mean, like if they want to the, – the whole point of them is they're trying to integrate into organic society. And the way they view people is they eat meat, right? They, yeah. they, uh, so in their mind, it's like, oh, so then if fleshy things eat fleshy things, I, we – robot things have to eat other robot things. That's how we become more human by eating ourselves. It's a weird logic that they went through, you know? Yeah, I I, like
0: to yeah. me, the equivalent would be like, okay, well, they eat lesser things, so we have to start eating calculators and toasters. Like that's what I would have rationalized. But they're like, nope, let's eat the sex robot. And I was like, what is happening? I
3: think one yeah. of the strengths of oh, I was just gonna say, I think one of the strengths of what is storytelling is that um, uh, that opening scene is very fast paced, right? Of like, mm-hmm. um, and then we switch to like this calm desert. So I think it comes from his like film creating background, you know, of like um because we've actually had like a lot of folks who um had screenplays it wasn't something that they could budget out or, or whatever so they wanted to make a comic book of it um but uh and many times they don't understand like the comic book making process so like they're like oh this is going to be exponentially easier to make a comic and you're like no, no no it's it's an apples oranges thing right like it comes with its own complications um so it feels like watching a movie, you know, when Ray's making comments. So it's like, so it's like, you get this, this uh, scene that's like super fast paced. And then we, you know, we break, we build out the universe, you get this calm thing. And then all of a sudden there's like the twist on the scene, you know, and, and uh, uh, it's, it's really unique storytelling within, you know, comic book creating. So I think it breathes a lot of fresh air into like what uh, you see out there, you know, in graphic novels.
2: And I also like just the scope of your art. You know, those, the, 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 character designs that are reminiscent of kind of a Futurama. But then you have some like Joan and Vasquez, Invader Zim looking dudes that show up as well that feel like their very own, that feel separate, but also in this world as well. So I love the flair to everything in that because you are coming from different worlds in different places, yeah, things can look like different things on those places. Um, it makes the world feel very fleshed out, but uh, allows for it to feel different. Where sometimes worlds, you know, you look at it like Taylor's a Toriyama shirt. When you watch any of his stuff, you're like, oh, these are all, they all look like a Toriyama people. There's a lizard man, there's a dog person, it all looks like that. Where your influences here are so vast, I love the way the universe is filled out.
1: Thank you. And yeah, I mean, like part of that is just trying to keep myself entertained. Right. I mean, uh, it mm. did get to a point where like and towards the end and even like in book two, I started realizing like man, maybe I should have some sort of structure because um, it's just like now I'm going to draw this. Now I'm going to draw that. now I'm going to draw that. Like it doesn't have any rhyme or reason. I just want to keep my brain entertained and also like the viewers I entertained, you know, like um, I the, the the main guy at the beginning, the, the main bad guy at the beginning of the of the book, uh, Nublar, He's a qualog. so naturally there's got to be other qualogs out there. But I don't want them all to look the same, so I just show him because um, I don't want to have a bunch of like same-looking people, you know. Um, but I don't—you don't see another quaylog in the whole book. You see vastly different shapes and sizes because everybody is just a giant melting pot of like from different nations and stuff like that, you know. But, uh, but, yeah, I, I, I find it boring when everybody looks almost, like, the same in uniform, you know, but uh, it is something that I was trying to, like, fix, especially in book two, where I have more, like, I was talking about religions, so I have more, like, religious societies, so I'm, like, or I'm going to have some sort of, some semblance of uniformity to this planet, you know, there are other planets where it's all an amalgamation of people, here it's going to be just these kind of people, so, like, then within this frame of a person, I'm going to try to do different shapes, I'm more challenging myself in that aspect as well.
2: It's so funny when you, you're you talking about religion, I just instantly kind of think of these spanning cathedrals of Dr. Seuss, these landscapes and weird architecture that doesn't make any sense, but within that world, it makes sense. And I'm super excited to hear that as we get to these different planets, we will get to see their interpretations of what churches or what holy spaces look like. And it will not be the same from one place to another.
1: Well, and I'm not going to reveal too much, but, like, I am doing, like, uh, uh, massive temples and, like, ancient uh, uh, cities and, and churches and all that stuff. And I, I work with a colorist, Michael Woods. And when I finish a page, I send it to him and I send him with notes. And the notes that I've written him for all the temple stuff, I'm just like, just make it look like a Cheesecake Factory. Like, yeah, use, that. <laughs> use, the, sure. cheesecake, use the Cheesecake Factory as your template and, like, go for it because like, I like that that's what i was seeing in my mind it's yeah. gotta look like that's the best way i can describe it and someone even like says something like oh i like your temple it has a real casual dining look about it you know like- yeah
2: <laughs> a lot of booths and stuff like that uh here at la at the grove which is attached to the farmer's market which is an old thing that's been there they added this big mall into it they have a cheesecake factory there that is just like the most it, it is almost like a temple to food you can get anything you want jalapeno poppers uh, challenge chow- like it's just everything and you're right it is that like homogenization of just like food whatever you want come enjoy it and enjoy it and enjoy us and give us tips well i heard that i don't
1: know if this is true but i heard somewhere that cheesecake factory is meant to be uh structured like atlantis so like it like the, the design of it is supposed to be like atlantis which I'm like, that makes, that makes it's a weird decision to make when you're making That's a restaurant, I
2: guess. That's the most cocaine addled idea I've ever heard of a guy <laughs> in a room being like, it's going to look like Atlantis. Atlantis, <laughs> people will have cheesecake and they'll be able to eat chicken fingers. That's the craziest. You know what's funny? We'll Here serve people to the cheesecake. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely looks like atlantis i'm if there were two guys with tridents and they let you in and they're like all right you're good to come into atlantis absolutely that's a crazy idea that's amazing yeah.
1: maybe it started out that way and someone had to like calm the guy down and like no let's just keep it more you can't have fountains shooting at the
2: people everything about <laughs> cheesecake factory is cocaine riddled they have too many options of food you shouldn't have you should make five things amazing oh, And don't knock Cheesecake Factory, all right? (laughs) I'm going to... Listen, this isn't the hill I'm going to die on. I'm not here to shit on your love of Cheesecake Factory. I'm just going to let you know. I just feel like it is... If you wanted, you if, if someone was like describe Western cult, like what is like in the Matrix, like what is the height of Western culture? It would be me talking to Morpheus inside of a cheesecake factory, and he'd be like, "What <laughs> is this place like? This is what we did. This is what we did on a Saturday. <laughs> this is our okay.
0: achievement." Yeah,
2: four cheese pasta, you're gonna love it. Yeah. Cheesecake factory is an adult version of Chuck E. Cheese
0: i I Googled it, and I hundred percent see this whole like wavy atlantis vibe to it, yes, so now absolutely. I cannot unsee it.
2: Well, the one in
1: my in Austin has like actual like columns and like giant uh
2: it looks like a temple honestly like it's
0: weird it probably was it was an old masonic temple that they converted into a restaurant
2: yeah that's so (laughs) funny i've never thought about that's a that's a great uh so weird that is a great pull from you i've never i've never thought about that as that sort of space before but you're right they're like weird temples and the most american thing of all we built a temple to cheesecake a million calories and oreo whatever cheesecake you want we got it baby I love this. I, I would rather go there
3: every Sunday than like having to go to church. You know,
2: <laughs> <laughs> man, man would light incense. Oh, and then take a says, pilgrimage to
3: like the first cheesecake factory. Like you have to pilgrimage there like once. You
2: know, yeah. like, a year. You know, the, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, the to, you have to bow to the first cheesecake. Yeah, yeah. You go and you take communion. You get a you get a little bit of you know a little bite of the original cheesecake, and they give you a little yeah. sip of fruit of a fruit punch, and then you go sit down.
1: Every now and then, a priest sure will come and ask you how your meal is. We're like, when you're mid bite, you know, like
2: yeah, mid-bite. you're like, it's really good. It's really good. It's pretty good. Can we get more of this? Uh, uh, this, these Jesus rolls, these bread, this bread is great. Can we get more of this bread? Thank you.
3: My daughter comes to get like, uh, like I'll have, I'll be eating Cheez Its or pretzels or something like that. And like, she always comes up like this because she wants <laughs> one. And I started saying it. Because I thought it was funny to me, like I started saying like "Body of Christ" when I like <laughs> to her. He's like handed the and... one.
0: cheese it that way. <laughs> I'm
2: oh, sure fuck I'm her up later, down her later down the line. Like
3: she's gonna it's... be like, "Oh, you guys." Her <laughs> teachers,
2: her teacher's gonna send home a note that she disturbed another kid <laughs> at recess. Which she was like, "Give me your body of Christ. Come on, I want it. <laughs> <laughs> Give me your Teddy Graham Jesuses." <laughs> Just so imagine her on like school, the, the lunchroom. I uh, was having kids
0: bow for their crackers and just <laughs> <laughs> cutting them one at a time.
3: Standing in the cafeteria table, there's a line of children and she's handing out her like you know snacks, being like Body of Christ, Body of Christ,
2: <laughs> Body of Christ. <laughs> I'd be so proud. <laughs> That's uh, really funny. I would always follow my friends to churches and I didn't know any of that stuff. So I would just get in line with everybody else. Like, what are we doing? Uh, okay. Whatever. <laughs> like, I just, I took it at every church and didn't know I wasn't supposed to, or it was like a thing. I just wanted to do what everyone else was doing. Yeah. It That's fine. what I love. My, my nephew,
3: um, his best, you know, his best friend is Jewish and he wanted to just go to temple, you know? So my sister just in passing, you know, talking to my parents, they're like, Oh, where's, 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 uh, uh, where's Reed this morning? And she's like, Oh, he's at Temple. and My parents are like, What? <laughs> she's like, I guess he's Jewish now. I don't know. I'm not really sure. <laughs>
1: <laughs> to
2: like, they're
0: coming back into town, we'd be doing it all wrong. <laughs>
2: yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. You know, it's funny because where we grew up, there was all these mega uh evangelical churches started popping up and there was kind of all these mega churches but never rarely did you ever have anyone come home and be like this is my yarmulke i am jewish now you've been doing it wrong dad (laughs) they made a covenant with god we get a piece of land it's in the middle east he's coming back come on (laughs) over Is there a don't give anything away? You've said a lot. Is there going to be like space Jews? Are there going to be like a space Catholicism?
1: Uh, yeah, it's not going to be called that. Okay, <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, no, no, no. I try to stay away from anything um, too earthy, too uh, humanoid. And one of the ways that I stupidly got around that was calling putting space in front of things that I just couldn't get around. Like, I don't want to, I want to let people know it's going to take three years, but wait, years is a human earth concept. I'll just call it space years, you know? Yeah. And I kind of, yeah. and that's how that was born out of that. Um, and it got a, it's gotten kind of out of hand because now when I'm writing, I'm like, oh shit, well, that's kind of an earth thing, but that doesn't fit. If I put space in front of it, all right, I'll just kind of like let it go this one time. But there's a lot of like, there's space chicken space, hold up a space minute. Oh, oh, my whole space goddamn, you know, whatever. Like, I put space in front of so many things, especially in the second book, that I'm kind of writing myself in a corner.
0: I really want, like, like, the Futurama reference, the space pope is just a lizard dude in a robe. Like, I want something just <laughs> weird like that. Who's that? That's a space priest. Why does he have tentacles? That's the uh, guy that got it. He's an octopus man.
1: It's just a, it's just like a gaseous entity without form or shape that just narrates. somehow
0: has a hat that keeps going. Yeah.
1: With <laughs> exactly.
2: Well, how do we yell Tank McGregor from the from the mountaintops, right? I don't have a mountaintop. I have this microphone in the show. How can people find this? How can we get them to support this work?
3: You want to go or (laughs) Uh, you
1: go for it. You go for it. it.
3: Oh, yeah. So uh, right now, yeah, we got uh, Tank McGregor on uh, Kickstarter. Uh, One of the things that we did, um, you know, because it is a graphic novel. um, So uh, Ray made essentially like a a mini version um, that has just like an excerpt of the scene. So that's also um, available. Like, you know, people just want to taste or an appetizer. And then it also gave us the opportunity to put um, like make a sketch cover version of that. So that, um, so like other artists or something like that, that they want to draw Tank McGregor. So they'll have like essentially the cover, but it's all white with only the Tank McGregor logo so they can, you know, uh, draw their own version. And then uh, on that Kickstarter, um, uh, you know, Tank McGregor's kind of like the headliner. And then we have um, uh, a couple other books that are brand new releases, uh, Death Wish and Good Night. Um, so these are just two mini comics that, um, that, uh, are also put out by lesser known comics. Uh, so that's kind of like what we're getting in the habit of is, um, taking a, like a headliner and, uh, the other ones and we call it, you know, a batch we're on batch four, um, and, uh, batch five will be coming out in a few months. And, um, yeah, it's a really good way. We try and like make lesser known comics, like a place where we're like curating like a collection of indie comics that someone can come in back one Kickstarter and like get a bunch of cool books, you know, that are all um, meet like a certain, you know, quality standard. And then within that Kickstarter as well, um, there's options to, you know, get caught up in the rest of the uh, lesser known comics catalog. Um, we have all the, um, you know, lesser known comics uh, books that we have as as, as well as, um, Uh, Some other standalone stuff, Vampire Cult, um, which is uh, Charlie Ragnarok's book. Uh, She's our creative director. And then, of course, as you guys are familiar, we got the um, Digital Lizards of Doom stuff on there as well. So, um, yeah, I think there's actually um, like a couple of tiers. Uh, I know there's a couple of tiers. I made them, so I I guess I wouldn't be just thinking. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, But... um, you know, uh, get all the lesser known comics, you know, graphic novels, or get all the lesser known comic, you know, like mini comics and things like that. So uh, there's a lot on that Kickstarter. But um, we're really happy that Tank McGregor is like, you know, the lightning rod right now that we're like, focusing on to like, show people like, um, uh, because this is our first one getting in the ground floor of like, a graphic novel series, you know, we did Digital Lizards of Doom, but he was already on, you know, uh, the third book of that. So it's really exciting for us to like be like, this is like the first one where we're going to be like, you're starting your journey here. We're going to take you on a ride over the next, you know, you know, a few years and you're going to see this guy, you know, Tank McGregor, who's a total badass, you know, going through space, going on all these adventures and stuff like that. So uh, we're just
2: absolutely stoked. Uh, Ray, where do I follow you? Where can I go look at all your doodles? Where do you doodle? Where do you put your thoughts on the internet?
1: Uh, right now, I put them on the dark web. No, <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so you can find me uh mainly my main thing is Instagram. Uh if you go to Tank McGregor comic uh on Instagram, that is where I post everything uh Tank McGregor related and mostly art relate art related. Um so yeah, that I would say that's my main squeeze right there. Um I've been uh doing a lot recently and I wanted to this I'm gonna be posting this later today. Oh yeah. Sort of like uh I, I was Feeling kind of inspired by, like, uh, the Rocketeer pinups that uh, Dave, St- uh, yeah, Dave Stevens used to do with, like, the Rocketeer and, like, some, like, Betty Page-looking woman. So I'm going to do those with Tank and the the sexy robot. So I'll be posting that later today. But, yeah, Tank McGregor comic. That's where you can find me. Um, and uh, tankmcgregor.com. You can see uh, some more of my art and my blog there. And that's where you can find me.
2: Wonderful. Uh we we did recently we're talking all, all about how we want the a new Rocketeer. We would like the Rocketeer to come back. We love the world of uh, of Rocketeer. It has been gone for so long. Is there any way for Tank McGregor to afford a Rocketeer pack?
1: Uh no, he can't afford it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, he can't he can't afford it. It's just too much money and he doesn't have enough to even like eat, so how could he even he probably, I and mean, Jensen would probably uh, break his neck. I mean, like you would want to. If you have enough money for a jetpack. You can at least get me a pair of legs first. A pair
2: of uh, legs something. Like I do like the idea that Jensen gets uh, 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 a a jetpack before Tank does, and then, that Jensen can float around with a which already floats around. But I yeah, so really- you already float. Why do you need a jetpack? Yeah, I yeah. need a jetpack. <laughs> I want to go higher, faster.
0: I got speed now. I got speed. <laughs> But I'm also needs. kind of envisioning this like this like end game kind of a Mega Man and and, uh, and Rush kind of a thing where he's like, we have to do the alpha protocol and like the Jensen hooks onto his back and they just float really slowly together.
2: Yeah, like, yeah. He holds on to him. Yeah, go, <laughs> go. Like the like Avatar, he like sits on Jensen. It's like, for speed. And it's just real <laughs> slow moving.
0: <laughs> There's well, a pit we have to cross. We have to do it.
2: Mark, thank you so much for sharing this work with us. Uh, Your humor comes across, it is a very funny book. Um, But I was blown (laughs) away at the other aspects of the world that you're playing with with consciousness and what does it mean to be a person what is it right like it, it, what does it mean to be an entity you know I am Michael in this meat avatar body but would I still be that if I was in something else and what can I be if I was something else so I was very happy to see all of those inward ideas. Because as you, as you jab at Star Trek, who varies the final frontier, it's like, oh, you've looked into medicine. Everything else is figured out. The only thing that's left is out in space. And I love that you're bringing that universal idea, but that we're still asking these questions of who am I and what, if, what am I to the universe. So uh, I hope that more people go and support this. This was a fabulous read, and I can't wait to see what you do with these characters next. There is a huge universe out there, and I am ready to jump into it with them.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much, man. I'm glad you responded to it uh, as well as you did. I mean, I, it means a lot and it really, I mean, obviously when you're writing after writing it for so long, you're like, man, does this even like read? Is it, is it even funny? Is it even like, whatever, are these ideas going to come through? So just hearing you guys talk about it and even speaking to Mark for the first time about it, like, it's just like, oh, okay, it works fine. Good. I can calm down a bit.
0: I definitely got like a lot of like Cowboy Bebop vibes from it. With, like, oh, yeah. how dirt poor they were, but how, like, how goofy the main character was and his own, like, he has his code, he has his weird inner, his sense of humor that just doesn't translate to everyone else. But, like, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, like, he still does the right thing, despite the fact that the contract was for doing one thing, and he's like, no, that's not the right thing. Like, there was still something that very much, like, Spike Spiegel to me about this guy, but, like, wearing a Judge Dredd helmet so like there's right, exactly a lot it's of funny. coolness to it
1: yeah my wife definitely when she talks about it to people she calls it cowboy bebop meets futurama It's the way she teaches yeah. it with other people and i'm like okay yeah well, i'm not gonna stop you
0: <laughs> i definitely got those vibes out of it and i really enjoyed it so um i 100 percent want to see more i can't wait to see the next volume so do you have an eta and when the next uh, one is ready or do you have like a ballpark like maybe next year or what's your process yeah. on that? Um, how much so, are
2: you? How, how much are you beating yourself up every day to come out with more ideas?
1: No. Oh uh, well, you know, since the Kickstarter uh, began and this whole Kickstarter campaign with Mechanical Menace, I've been sort of like not pausing, but like I haven't been drawing uh, a Tank McGregor Two, uh, which is called Cosmic Colossus, uh, as much. But I have ninety pages done. Um, and I'm just basically reaching the end game. I'm already like in the final like all right, there are, I already got all my pieces. I just have to end it. It's going to be about two, 30 pages left I think of like right. the final the finale the final stretch. Um but I'm also dependent on my colorist. So I will do pages and then send them out to him like 10 at a time, 10 every month, which is what he can take, you know, because he's got other jobs and then just kind of like wait every month so if I have like, and I have right now, I have like 70 pages colored. So if I do like 50 more, it'll be like five more months, you know? So yeah, I don't want to set a a set date, but I'm trying to by
2: this year. Well, listen, Mark already talked about your amazing work ethic and the fact that, you know, I know lots of people that got ideas on napkins and, you know, want to sell ideas to Mark and that's nothing there to hear that you are working on this that it is in the it is in the mindset and you are working as fast as your little fingers can go i appreciate that this is i i'm excited to see where this universe goes and that's no that's a lot of work you know that's another thing as i'm going through this book it's like oh this is 100 plus pages you know what i mean that's that's a lot of man hours you know what i mean and i feel like that's yeah. what people don't understand when you translate these ideas especially into a format like this it is not you know, one-to-one with those type of things.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And if you think that's a lot of work, wait till you see book two. Oh, boy. Uh, oh, boy. Nice. They're both good.
0: Well, uh, thank you guys again for joining us. Uh, this was a lot of fun. Um, Everyone, if you haven't uh, heard of it yet, definitely go check them out on Instagram. Go check him out on the Kickstarter. Go to his uh, Take McGregor website and get straight to the Kickstarter link and support that project cuz Michael and I both read it uh, we both loved it it was it was quirky it was wonderful i had fun with it
2: it wasn't a slog <sighs> i enjoyed reading it each page made me want to read more at no point was i like how many more pages do i have left when i was reading and i was like oh this has to end i don't want it to end
0: that, you know what i mean so I, I did that more. how many pages are left just because i'm like I'm, I was locked in. I'm like, how much more do I have left till I'm done? And then I have to like, be sad because I'm over it. And I was like, I've got five pages. I was so upset.
2: Yeah. I was like, oh. I, I, I feel like I binge watched a full season. It's like, oh, I should have yeah. slowed down. Maybe I should go back and relive some of that stuff again.
1: Oh man, that feels so, uh, thank you so much. Like, I'm so glad that you guys felt that way. And that was also part of the whole like, Gorbis the Conqueror. Like, uh, it was kind of a way to like, oh, I want people to like, see what the next quote could possibly be. So like, you know, you're honestly oh, I'm done, but I just want to see what the next quote is, you know, and then like it hooks you in again. So that was the point of that as well. But like, I, I try to do that to hook people and you guys seem to have been hooked.
2: So thank you. It's so funny. Gorbis the Conqueror is so much like Dune. Is so much like oh, God yeah. ever being like, never over tip, you will learn the consequence. Like, it's very <laughs> much like that. That's very Jewish. Uh, if you, that's if if
1: you read the book Dune, every chapter starts with a, the Book of Moadib quote.
2: That's right, a, right.
1: A, that's, that's where I got it from. That's exactly
2: yeah, where I got it from. Yeah. That's a a fabulous thing to uh, uh, bring into your universe. It fits in so wonderfully.
0: All right, Taylor, take us home. All right. Let's take us home. Well, thank you all for joining us today. You can support our channel here on Patreon, patreon.com, The Culture Nerd. Uh, we have our handful of supporters. Uh, our credits here. My, myself being the host, uh, Taylor Murphy, my co-host, Michael Santel and our 10 supporters are listed there. Uh, thank you all again for joining us. Uh, you can scan that QR code, follow us on social media, and uh, you can support us how you like. Thank you again. Thank you, dad. Thank
2: you, boys. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you all next time. Thank you.